Christmas is stupid. Christmas is great. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow. Have a cup of cheer. Have a holy, jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, say hello. Well, it's looking good in here. It's beginning to look a lot like. Yeah, you're not ready yet. I could tell. I set you up and you just weren't quite ready. Here's my question Anybody really get annoyed by seeing Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving? Yeah. That's why you're all annoyed this morning, right? You're just all, all irritated. Can't believe there's Christmas stuff up before Thanksgiving. I get it. I get it. When I walk through stores, that tends to be the way that I feel. Um, but please don't blame the decorators around here, all right? I'm going to encourage you not to blame the decorators. I'm going to encourage you to actually practice what you claim is so important to you. You should give thanks for them for actually doing the hard work to put up the decorations. Everybody loves for it to look nice, but somebody's got to do that. Thank goodness we've got some people who don't do that begrudgingly. They actually, you know, like to do it. Who are you going to blame? Me. Blame me, because I asked them to do it. We have never, ever before put up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving until this year. I'm like, would you please go ahead and let's see if we can get them up. And this is the reason. I wanted to get to you before the holidays. Not D-A-Y-S, but D-A-Z-E. And the truth is, if we wait too much longer, even by next, some, next week, some of you will have already crossed some lines that you will start to look like that. You can see it in your eyes. This week, I posted a question. What one word would you use to summarize your typical experience during the holidays? Now, I wasn't asking for what the meaning of the holidays. I'm, I'm asking what one word best summarizes your typical experience. Now, there, there were some responses like joyful, happy, blessing, hope, all right? All the very spiritual people, that, that, they, they had good answers. There was lots of family, gathering, together, those types of words. There were a few words like memories, remembering, right? And we, we realized that that's a part of the holidays. And then there was this gigantic group that went like this. You ready? Depressing, sad, stressful, hectic, painful, crazy, expectations, draining, busy, emotional, patience, lonely, mixed, Drama, tiring. That's why you look like that. It's why a lot of people look like that. How many of you this holiday season anticipate stress? Come on, you're in church. It's okay. How many of you anticipate stress? Yeah, look around the room. Look around the room. 
If, if one of the people holding up their hand is a family member, you may be the source of that stress, right? Yeah. The, the truth is we all kind of, we expect it. There's just some part of the holidays that has a tendency to send us into a holidays. And the truth is, I'm not messing with you, I really did want to get to you early. That we could talk through some things for a couple of weeks that hopefully, hopefully would change our perspective as we navigate the holidays. So, deal? You good with that? Can we do that? Because if you are, we're this, this is about to get serious. We are going to look at the Christmas story before Thanksgiving. <gasps> Take a breath. It's going to be okay. All right? Matthew chapter 1 is where you need to be. Grab your Bible and head to Matthew chapter 1. And today we're asking God to give us a perspective on this story that we hear every year, but sometimes we don't actually hear it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Imagine if you're getting the information the first time. You ready? This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. And if you're hearing this for the first time, you pause and you went, click, like, like. That's cool. That's good news. Right? Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. And you're like, I knew it was a little quick. I knew, I knew, I knew. I could just, I watched in them and I could see them moving a little too fast. Uh, this was, I was afraid of this. And this is what happens. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And you're like, all right, that's just weird. Click, unlike, delete, comment, right? That, that just, that was just, that was weird. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and did, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, you want to talk about holiday mess. Joe was in some holiday mess. If we can really see the story for what it is, Joseph has problems. And it wasn't because he didn't have a good plan. Because he did have a good plan. His plan is, Mary, we're going we're gonna to grow up, we're going to get married, and we're going to have kids. But all of a sudden, the plan is out of order. It's out of order. I mean, this is, this is like a simple dot to dot, and somebody reversed the dots, and now we got a baby on the way, but before we're married, and somebody else apparently is connecting the dots. What is going on here? Now, Jewish marriage had two steps. Now, it's, it's not totally unlike what we're accustomed to, but it was also very different. The first step is what we would often call an engagement but what took it even further than that is there were actually vows made to each other between the husband, future husband and wife. Vows 
were made. Promises were made to each other in this engagement time. Then there was actually what we would often call a marriage. The marriage meant vows before God. So vows before each other, then a period of time, then vows before God, and that's when they would actually start, you know, being together, living together. Mary and Joseph are between those two events. They're engaged in a sense. They've made their vows to each other. But, but they have not yet made their vows to God. And she's pregnant. And he's not the baby daddy. We got a problem. Joe's plan crumbles. And so he does what any good man would do. You come up with another plan. The plan crumbles, you come up with another plan. And Joe's plan is, I got to take some steps to get out of this mess. This is not the way all this was supposed to work, but obviously this is what's happened. How can I divorce from this? Verse 20. But after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All right, that's just amazing. That's just absolutely amazing. You stop long enough to digest all that. Angels doing the speaking. Here's the news from God. Here's here's what's going on. That is amazing. We'll get to that in a second. But let's just play Joe for a minute. Let's just stop and let's play Joe for a minute. Okay, God. So if I'm hearing you right, what you want me to do is marry this girl who's having somebody else's baby. What you want me to do is raise this child that's not mine. What you want me to do is allow myself to be put in a place of embarrassment. I mean, come on, God, haven't you heard the song, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem? It's little, everybody knows everything, everybody talks about everything, so you just want me to go with this, and oh, I can't make love to my wife until the baby's born. That's the deal. Now, I'm just saying, guys like the making part of baby making. Can we just say that? You're like, you did. I'm not talking, uh, this is Joe, all right? This is Joe. We're trying to get in Joe's head. That's the kind of stuff that that guys would wrestle with. Joe's going, so this is what you want me to do. Somehow, in the midst of all that, Joseph is able to embrace the purpose of God. And he's able to embrace his own calling within that purpose. You see, Joseph's plan wasn't going to accomplish God's purpose. That was going to take a God plan to get it done. So, let's pause for a second. 
And, and let's bring this back home. Let's bring this back for us and let's get practical a little bit. We're a planning people. You make plans all the time. I make plans all the time, including plans for the holidays, right? Yes, you do. You got your plans. Some of you have already kind of mapped it out. You know what days you want to have certain things. You know what days family's going to be where. You, you know how all that's supposed to work. And, and if I said something to you like, come on, you know, you know how crazy the holidays get. You know, th this is what some of you would say. Well, this year. And here's what that means. The plan this year is, is we're going to do this this time that we've never done. And, and this year we're going to stop doing that. In other words, this year we have derived a plan to combat the craziness. Because this year, this is what we're going to do. This year, this is where we're going to put our foot down. This year, this is where things are going to change. We devise a plan to combat the craziness as though we can plan out the craziness. Now, I thought this was the case, but I'm saying the responses even that I received from the simple question that I put out about what one word best summarizes your typical holiday season. For so many of you, craziness is connected to family, isn't it? Yes, it's okay. It's all right. You are the majority in the room. For so many people, they look holidayed because it's connected to family stuff. Because if I told you that I could guarantee that I could help you navigate the holidays without one single family member of yours getting offended. You'd buy the deal, wouldn't you? It wouldn't matter how much it is, you're like, I'll buy it, I'll buy it, whatever it is. If it were possible to navigate this holiday season, we could get through Thanksgiving, we could get through Christmas, we could get through New Year's, if we could get all that done and no family of, uh, no member of my family be offended, Jeff, I don't know how much money I would pay to get that done. It's a source of the craziness. Or, or sometimes it's about the fact that when families gather during this time of year, it's about stepping back into hurt. Somebody did something. When everybody comes back together, you're reminded of the hurt. The hurt may have even been done to you. And you're able to push all that out for most of the year. But you get to this season... And because of what's required, all that hurt comes rolling back in. Sometimes it's about stepping back into an old habit. You, you broke some hurtful habit in your life that you knew it was hurting you, you knew it was destructive, you broke the habit, but then you get back around a group of people who don't seem to have the same fierce fight against the habit, and if you're not careful, you find yourself diving back in. For some of you, this year... It's about somebody who used to be there, but they won't be there this year, right? 
For some of you, it's about somebody who's never been there. Oh, but they're going to be there this year. For some of you, it's this comparison fight. Why do they have this? Why do I have not have this? It drives you to the craziest of places. It will make some of us spend more money than we've got. It will make some of us spend more time trying to find perfect gifts, trying to find perfect this, perfect that. Houses have to be perfect. What's all that about? It's about this comparison thing. It's about this search for value thing. And if we're not careful, all of that family-connected stuff will drive us crazy. It will send us into the holidays. You ever heard it said, your family doesn't just push your buttons, they installed your buttons. And so when all that comes back around, man, you feel it. And so what do we do? We devise a plan to attack the days. That's what Joe does. His plans are, 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 are totally messed up, and so he devises a new plan His plans, though, get interrupted. And this holiday season, for many of you, despite what you plan out, despite how you protect the craziness, your plans will get interrupted. And the question is, are you going to choose to simply settle for your plans, or are are you willing to embrace God's purpose? In the middle of crazy... Joe embraces what God wants to do. Few observations. Here's the first one. Your interruption might be God's plan. Your interruption, the thing that's causing you stress, the thing that you, this is not how it's, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is what I wish would change. This is not what we planned out. Your interruption might be God's plan. In Joe's circumstances, his plan is interrupted, but it is God who is the source of the interruption. What was Joseph's interruption? Jesus. Jesus is Joe's problem. How's that? What's your problem, man? Jesus, right? He's showing up in the middle of this engagement and and us getting married and all this stuff happened. The problem was Jesus. Joe's problem was actually going to end up being God's solution. Have you ever had your plans interrupted only to find out it was God doing the interrupting? Yeah. As a church, that's happened to us. Still is. About nine years ago, um, we formed a plan that a group of us wanted to go on a mission trip to China. Um, we actually picked out the whole orphanage and everything in China that we were supposed to go, go visit. We made all the contacts, found out everything we were supposed to do. But in the midst of that plan, what was at that time a, a flu deal worldwide shut us down, they closed it, we couldn't go into China. 
We were simply supposed to pass through Taiwan. But instead, we had to spend the whole trip there. For me personally, that worked out pretty good. I now have a son. And for us as a church, it worked out pretty good. Because God over and over again has opened unbelievable opportunities to share the good news about Jesus. And you know what? He just did it again. Watch this. Do you travel by bus or MRT? Bus,就是bus。Bus。一开始上课，学生就被分成了两组，依序回答外籍教师提问的问题。五谷国中举办英语日活动，以游戏的方式来进行。哦，那所以的话，我们每像我们这个学期就安排了三次。哦，那而且
a lot in Taiwan. And what if, what if I told you that it doesn't actually cost you anything to stay there because Heart of Life already has, right, a house there that, that we use and, and it, it can fit like almost 20 people in it if, if, we, if we needed to do that. What if I told you that all those things perhaps would be in place? And so maybe it's a college student or college age or maybe it's some retired folks. And honestly, that's a place that I want to land today because there are some of you retired folks who are really cool and we you really could do some amazing things in Taiwan alongside people like Sharice we're together what what about for a month or two months or three months and you don't have to pay to stay there in fact they're they're almost paying you to go and you could pour out your heart for three months to do some basic English and teach people about Jesus. Maybe you're not retired, maybe you're not a college student, but maybe your, your circumstance in life is that you could take some extended time, maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe you could do three months. You're like, well, I, I, I think I have plans for the spring. So did we when all this got started. My question is simply, with what God has positioned us for, might he be changing a portion of your plan? And if God's talking to you about that, I'm asking you to talk to us about that. If there's some part of your heart that, that leans toward that, or, or maybe your heart doesn't lean there, but your God's pushing you there, talk to us. Talk to us. We would love to talk to you about taking those kind of steps. Because here's what I've learned. We got our plans, and then God goes, well, actually, how about this? You can trust that. You can trust that. All right? Let's, let's bring it back home. Because some of y'all are like in shock. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You just totally tuned that out because you're afraid God's going to go, go, go. Let, let's, let's, let's bring it back home, and it's going to be okay. Don't run out of the room. All right? Let's bring it back to your family and the holidays. And maybe Taiwan will scare you into at least applying this to your family, all right? Just like with Joseph, what we see as a problem, the plan changes, the stress. What if what God's doing in your family is actually to bring about some healing? Because God can do that, and he does do that. What, what if God is doing that in your family in these holidays? When that person says that thing, when that person does what you so despise them doing every single time, I'm praying that this stuff will stick in your heart and in your mind that you will ask the question, God, what is your purpose in this? You say, Jeff, you don't know what they're like. You don't know what they're like. They have caused so much stress. They, they, have, they have been so selfish toward me. You have no idea. Here's what I'm telling you. I get it, and I'm not, I'm not making excuses for anybody in your family. I'm telling you, Joe had the right to divorce Mary. He did. He had the right to do that. Within the law, he was able to do that. In fact, he could have done much worse, but the right is not always 
being obedient to what God tells you to do. And you can tell me why you're right. And you can justify why you do what you do. But the real question is, are you obedient to the voice of God? And for some of you around the family table this holiday season, God may want to do something beautiful regarding healing if you will keep your eyes set on his purposes more than the stress. Now, this stuff will work even outside your family, too. Um, I, I, how about you've had this happen to you? You're in the store. You're in the store. You have done your diligent shopping, your, your, your cart, right? The stuff you went after and then some, it's pretty full. You're headed toward the checkout line. And it's obviously your right away. But you see them, right? You see them. You're headed toward the checkout line. And here they come from the other direction. And it is obvious that you are a shorter distance to that line than they are. But what do they do? They start to speed up. Right? And what do you do? You speed up. That's exactly what you do. And so you see them speeding up. That means you got to speed up and just so that you can swing right into that checkout line before they get there. And then you're like, I can't believe they tried to beat me into this line. <laughs> I'm just describing to you why many of us end up with a daze on our face by the time this whole thing's over. Try this. When you see them pick up their pace, you pick up your pace. And don't you let them beat you into that line. You get there first, okay? But once you get there, just consider. Maybe a conversation. Man, this is crazy, isn't it? You know what? Would you like to go ahead of me? And you might be surprised. Don't, don't, don't get all mad if they're like, sure, and they go and nothing else happens, because that might happen. But you also might be surprised how one small gesture opens up a conversation. Sometimes that conversation ends to, man, that was really nice. You made my day. Because, man, I am feeling so much stress. I'm running around as fast as I can, right? And then you could say, oh, really? Because I, I didn't even realize you were in a hurry, right? <laughs> and depending on the line, depending on the line, you might have plenty of time to tell them how your stress level has changed when you actually started leaning into the one that this whole thing is about. Some of you are like, seriously? I gotta let them go in front of me? And I'm telling you, that's 
how, that is how focused we become in this season. That it is how crazy our minds get zeroed in on things that have absolutely no eternal significance. What if God could change that in us? What if he could change that in us? What if he could change that in the checkout line? What if he could change that around your family table? Here's the second thought I want you to take. Stop complaining about who your family is and start declaring who God is. Stop complaining about who your family is and start declaring who God is. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to complain. I'm not. I'm not saying that you haven't been dealt some junk over the years in terms of what has been done, what has been said. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just asking, how's that going for you in terms of complaining? I want to encourage you to stop complaining about who your family is and start declaring who God is in the midst of that. Verse 22, Matthew chapter 1, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Jesus. Joe's wife is not bearing his son. He's going to raise a child that's not his own. I mean, he, he can't even be with his wife at this point. He's got plenty to complain about. But in the middle of all that, Joe declares who God is. The angel had told him his name will be what? Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means, right? In that day, if a man named a son that was not his own, when he named the son, that signaled that he was adopting that boy to be his own. Joseph adopted a son who has adopted many of us in this room today. That's how big a deal this was. The fact of who Jesus is, I want you to, I want you to understand, who Jesus is is not dependent on whether or not you declare it. Right? Whether you declare it or not, Jesus is who he is. But when you start declaring Jesus into the midst of some really messed up territory, that's when stuff starts to change. That's when paths start to change. That's when purposes are realigned. The question is, are you going to choose to focus on the wrong stuff of your family? Are you going to choose to focus on the mistakes of your family? <clears throat> or will you declare who God is within your family. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm not. I'm not saying it will be easy. I'm not even saying everything's going to fix this holiday season. I mean, for Joe, this wasn't going to be easy. Every time he goes to the local coffee shop, somebody's talking behind his back. Joe goes to work. 
people are talking behind his back. He could be so easily offended. He could get so defensive. But don't be ruled by your plans. Be ruled by God's purposes. It may be that you're going to have to spend some time laughing your way through some of the junk that's, that's going to unfold, but then you push toward God's purpose. Are you going to react or are you going to respond? Are you going to self-focus or are you going to focus on others? Are you going to get defensive or are you going to get a vision from God? My ability to do that greatly increases when I am consistently declaring who he is. Joe declared God's purpose into the very source of his problem. And the question is, when it comes to your problem, when it comes to your stress, when it comes to usually that person, do you see them like the enemy sees them? Or do you see them like God sees them? And you say, well, what, Jeff, what if I can't see anything in them? What if I can't see any hope in this? What if there has never been any sign of this getting better? Let me share a quick, quick word with you. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. This is the God that you are dealing with, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. I love that. See, every once in a while, we face a problem and we forget that we're not just the one dealing with the problem. The God who is working his purpose in our life is the God who raises the dead to life and the God who calls into being things that were not. Things that, they, they, he says, look, you, there can be nothing, and he makes something. Some of you, that's what you need to happen in your family. Some of you, that's what you need to happen in those, in those moments of chaos, in those circumstances of stress. You can't see it, but you're dealing with a God who can bring something out of nothing. Something happens when you decide, I'm not just going to complain about who my family is. I'm going to declare who God is into my family. And then one more thought, and I'm done. God promises presence, not separation. God promises presence, not separation. Here's what I mean by that. How did Joe initially want to solve his problem? I'm out. Actually, she's out. That's how we prefer it, right? Uh, how are we going to solve this? How do I get out of the stress? Out. Out. Remember verse 19? But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Our prayer is normally, God, get me out of this. But I'm telling you today, most of the time, God doesn't remove you from the chaos. Most of the time, he brings his presence into the chaos. His presence into the chaos. So you're spending all your time this holiday season trying to plan it out and going, if we can keep them away, and if we can keep this away, and if we can keep this from happening, and this from being said, and, if this, and, and we spend all our time trying to separate, we try to divorce from the stress. And God typically doesn't 
divorce us from the stress, he typically joins us in the stress. There are challenges that God brings to us, but there are also challenges that just come because of this fallen world. I mean, I, I, I get it. Some of you really are going through this season for the first time with somebody that you've never walked through this season without before. Well, why is there death? Sin. I don't necessarily mean that particular person. I mean in the world. The, the, the wages just of sin. It is the result of sin in this world. Right? But I want you to realize God still brings about beautiful purpose. Even in the midst of some of the most heartbreaking some of the most chaotic seasons of our life. He does not promise that he will remove us from it. He does promise his presence through it. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus means Savior. Emmanuel means God with us. So Joe has a plan. His plan gets interrupted. What was God doing? God's plan was to save us and then to never let us go. Anybody glad Joe got interrupted? Yeah. I mean, I, I want you to get this. Jesus didn't step into the calm. Jesus stepped into a mess, right? He didn't step into just perfect circumstances. He, 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 he stepped into the messiness, not only of just the world as a whole, but even in his particular circumstance. I mean, you talk about disorder. It's supposed to be engagement, and then we get married, and then, and then you know, there's the house and all the stuff. And I mean, we're, we're, it's a manger. It's a manger. Right? We would say it's a barn in our day. It's just, what in the world? You talk about in the middle of disorder and in the middle of hardship, he literally shows up in the stink. See, some of you think your stink disqualifies you from God showing up in your life. No, he doesn't. Your mess is the birthplace of a Savior. And it just very well might be that this holiday season, as chaotic as it can be for you, as stressful as it can be for you, as messy as it can be for you, what if this is the season when you declare who God is, what if he actually shows up and healing starts to happen. I'm praying and I'm challenging. When the sarcasm hits this holiday season, 
you embrace God's purpose and you cling to the fact he's with you. When the arguments start, when the arguments start, you embrace God's purpose and you cling to the truth that he is with you. When the stress comes, when they say that thing, when they do that thing, when all that starts to happen, you embrace God's purpose and you remember the truth. He is with you. Because you are not controlled by your circumstances and you are not held captive by your hurts. You can be committed to the purposes of the God who lives in you. We just sang a song a little bit ago that the same power who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. What if God, this holiday season, raises some things from the dead? Some things that were not he makes them to be beautiful. You'll be all right? You'll be all right? I'm going to pray for us. And then we are going to sing in the presence of our God. The first song, you may know it, you may not. Don't feel the pressure. You may just, sometimes I like songs that we don't know immediately because there are pieces of it that are really easy to sing and then there are other pieces we have to listen to and sometimes we need to listen. You may want to do some of both. You're listening to what it's saying, but you're also able to respond to that. I encourage you just as you want to, we're going to worship in the presence of Jesus. Let's pray. God, <laughs> some of us can already feel it. God, there's, there's so much about this season that's good. There's so much about it that's beautiful. God, there's so much about it that can be fun, and yet there is the stuff that leads us to a place of stress. It leads us to an attempt of control. God, it takes us to a place that it sometimes makes us want to run, but when it's all said and done, we're just left dazed. God, I'm asking, I'm asking that this season could be different for so many who are seated in this room today. God, some who are going to hear this, this message. I'm, I'm asking, God, that the truth that we see from that first Christmas story, God, we make it a cute little story. If we could just realize, God, the power of what you did through Joseph God, it's the same thing that you can do through us. God, would you empower your children to cling more to your purpose than we do to our safety. God, that we would cling more to what you want to bring back to life than we would, God, desiring to just run to escape. God, I'm asking you to do something beautiful in these families this season. God, give us courage, give us strength, God, give us an optimism that knows that you are working. Help us to believe. Help us to believe. It's because you are God. I thank you for what you're going to do. I ask your blessing on these, your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray.